The Joe Mays and J-Rap Show is brought to you in part by Mays Sandwich Shop, serving delicious hometown favorites to the West Lawn community since 1947. are listening to the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Hockey. College football. But now Blackley is going to put it up on first down. He's going for the bundle. Garrity! Touchdown! And the NFL. The Denver Broncos are world champions. They have just won Super Bowl 50. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 212th episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I am your host again this evening, Joe Mays, with no one in particular tonight. Uh, unfortunately, J-Raff was unable to make it this evening, and I was unable to find a replacement as it was pretty late in the game. So hopefully uh, everything works out in the traffic situation for, for J-Raff and uh We'll uh, be able to pick up again in about a month with him. We do have other JMNJR radio stuff happening. Uh, unfortunately, it won't be the Joe Mays and JRAF show uh, over the next few weeks. We've got to work on the Bulldog Hour. So uh, we will be working in the studio and producing some content, but it won't be the Joe Mays and JRAF show. So this evening, you're stuck with me for episode 212. And while there's a lot to talk about in the sports world, we have what was supposed to be the first day of actual football with the Hall of Fame game, not to be because of the field. We also have the Olympics going on and a baseball legend, although one that is obviously controversial when Alex Rodriguez has announced his retirement effective on Friday will be his last game for the Yankees and in Major League Baseball. We are continuing or I am continuing our look at the 2016 NFL season. Tonight, episode 212 of the Joe Mays and JRF show focuses on the North Division. So we'll be talking NFC North, AFC North. We'll tackle some of the uh, longstanding and historically great programs that pro football has produced. Teams like the Packers, uh, the Bears, the Vikings, the Lions, and in the AFC, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Browns, and the Ravens. So where do I think all of them are going to fare or how all of them are going to fare in 2016? Well, we'll get to that in a second. But first, I'll hand out the contact information. And the best way to contact us is through email, as usual. And you can do that using the Mays Sandwich Shop email inbox. And that is jomaysandjraff at gmail.com. Again, jomaysandjraff at gmail.com. Or we do have a... Hotline, you can call us on the May Sandwich Shop hotline at 530-563-6297. Again, 530-563-6297. 
We're also all over social media, Facebook and Twitter primarily. You can find us at facebook.com slash JoeMazinJRAF or on Twitter at JoeMazinJRAF. And actually, we do have an email to discuss tonight. And this one comes from longtime listener and my uncle Rich in New England. And he says, following last week's show, it was good to see you back for your show. I'm keeping track of your picks and give my version after yours are done. What kind of medicine were you on when you picked Oakland to win the West Division and Denver third? I need all of your input for my fantasy drafts coming up, and as you know, it is my turn to win again this year. Again, welcome back, and ain't it fun talking football once again? Well, see, there's a sentiment that I can get behind uh, with Uncle Rich, and uh, yes, it is great to talk football once again. And uh, we do have fantasy coming up in two weeks. We have our draft, but I'm not going to help him because no way do I want to see him win again. He's already won three times, and he's rotated that every other year. And he did not win last year, unfortunately. It was my dad and my cousin Todd. But he is due to win this season. Hopefully we can put an end to that. Hopefully I can put an end to that because I would love to uh, get another championship. I won two of the first three years and haven't won since. Although I mean, I think three more finals just couldn't come out on top. So yes, fantasy football kicking into high gear shortly. And especially for our, our league that we've been doing for over a decade now in the next two weeks. So thanks for the email, Rich. And uh, let's move on to the main point of the episode, and that is the 2016 NFL preview, focusing on the North divisions, and very, very, uh, you know, like I said at the beginning, historically some strong teams, very well known, a lot of notoriety surrounding these teams, you know, especially when you're talking Steelers, Packers. Um, Bears and Vikings over the years. Lions have struggled. Um, Browns, Bengals haven't done much. Ravens technically relatively new when you're talking about the the rest of these teams. Uh, Ravens do have two Super Bowls, so obviously they're one of the better teams over the last 15 years or so. Uh, so a lot of history there. Uh, but how are they gonna how are they gonna fall into place in those two divisions in 2016? At least according to me. Since I'm flying solo again here tonight, this is just my opinion, and we'll throw it out there, and we'll talk about last year's teams. Now, the Vikings, they won the NFC North last year with the Packers coming in second, followed by the Lions and the Bears. I think that was pretty similar to what at least I had said on the show for 2015. I saw the Vikings being good, Packers still right there with the Lions and Bears, um, you know, coming up behind is much going to change in 2016. I, personally, I don't see it. Um, maybe a little bit of a flip flop here or there, but I think pretty similar to the way that 2015 concluded. We'll start at the bottom like we always do. So NFC North 2016 last year it was the bears at six and 10. I think it's going to be the lions this year. You know, I don't want to, overestimate what kind of loss Calvin Johnson is going to be, but at times he was their main component on offense. You know, they have Matthew Stafford, sure, but without Johnson, I think he's going to struggle, and I think it's going to be time for probably a new regime in Detroit and possibly even looking ahead to moving on from Matthew Stafford. I don't I don't know what the contract situation is there, but if a new coach comes in, there's a chance he's not going to want to hang around with a guy who's been in Detroit and hasn't won that much at least when it matters. It was, they added some wide receivers to try to offset the loss of Calvin Johnson and Calvin Johnson in Marvin Jones, Jeremy Curley, Andre Caldwell. They also brought in a ton of defenders to try to, you know, stop the bleeding there. Um, 
They're still looking to upgrade the offensive line. They tried another uh, offensive lineman going Taylor Decker in the first round of the draft. Uh, but I just I, I don't see Detroit being that strong. And unfortunately, you know, with a, a former Penn Stater um, at the helm of the Lions, I would love to see them do, doing good. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not I've never really been a big Matthew Stafford fan. I know um, I probably underestimate his abilities, but. I just don't know that I see them having enough uh, in the trenches or out wide uh, on offense. They've always had a running back by committee. They never seem to be able to do too much. Maybe Amir Abdul will step up, uh, you know, the Nebraska player entering his second year. I, I'm not sure. He's a great kick returner. He's got some fumbling issues and some health issues, but I, I don't know. I just – Jim Caldwell, unfortunately, hasn't done as much as I, as I had hoped in the NFL, at least as a head coach. And uh, I just don't see the Lions being that strong in 2016. 7-9 last year, I think they're going to take a step back and probably, I'll say probably 5-11 and 11 and put them in fourth place in the NFC North. So I have them flip-flopping with the Bears. I do think the Bears are going to be a little bit better. I mean, nothing jumps out. And obviously we heard the Bennett brothers really bash Jay Cutler this week, saying he couldn't hit anything, yeah, even if anyone was wide open. That mostly coming from Martellus Bennett, who's now in New England as a tight end there, opposite Rob Gronkowski. So the Bears, 6-10 and 10 last year. They were fourth place. I have them finishing in third. Um Probably, right, honestly, probably about six and ten, maybe seven and nine. You know, they lost Bennett. They also lost Matt Forte. He was their do everything guy. Uh, they had some good receivers, especially Alshon Jeffrey when he's healthy. I think he missed close to half of the year last year, six or seven games, I believe. He's already starting banged up a little bit this year. Uh, he can be electric. He's not, you know, a speed guy, but he's an incredible possession guy. Uh, at one time, he was considered possibly the best player in college at South Carolina. And then, um, you know, some habits uh, draft Knicks and teams got wind of, and he, he fell, but he's proved to be an incredible player in the NFL. Uh, even after Brandon Marshall left, he's done a great job when healthy, but that's a, that's a big uh, problem that he's been having. Now they did add some offensive linemen, which they desperately needed. Uh, and Bobby Massey, Patrick Omama, and Ted Larson, Unfortunately for them, they lost what was supposed to be their starting center, Ronis Grasso, um, out of Oregon. Uh, he was entering, I believe, his second year with the team, and he tore his ACL uh, yesterday or today. So already some injury issues for the Bears. That could come back to bite them. <clears throat> Why do I pick the Bears over the Lions just by a game or two? I guess it's just because I have a little bit more faith, more faith in the Bears entering the another or a second year of uh, John Fox's system. I think that Cutler, based on the press he gets and fan opinion, I think is actually a little underrated. I still don't see them really challenging in the NFC North. Uh, if Elshon Jeffrey can stay healthy. Cutler and the Bears, I think, can probably push five hundred. I don't think that's going to happen. I think one or both Cutler or Jeffrey will be injured for part of the year. I see six or seven wins for them in 2016. I think they have better coaching than the Lions. And I think they have a slightly better defense than the Lions. So that's why I give Chicago an edge over the Lions. So what's going to happen this year at the top of the NFC North? Packers and Vikings, I think they're both going to be 
um, competitive. I think they'll be strong. Will they both be teams in the NFC to watch out for, you know, come the end of January? That's tough to say. I, I never want to count the Packers out when they do so well in free agency, usually not doing anything or filling holes on the cheap, um, you know, building through the draft. I think their one free agency a- acquisition in Jared Cook um, was brilliant. I, they needed a veteran tight end presence, and he gives them that. He's he's a very good pass catcher. I think he could really excel in that offense. Uh, defensively, you know, they, they brought in Kenny Clark uh, in the draft, you know, just a typical Ted Thompson pick going defensive line early. Uh, also, Jason Spriggs was another great selection by them, offensive lineman in the second round. They always need offensive line help. They, they seem to find guys late in the draft or as, you know, bargain guys in free agency, but they rotate through them every few years. And the line's always average above average, never great. They're still trying to figure that out in both in terms of opening up the running game and always protecting Aaron Rodgers. Speaking of Rodgers, a little bit of drama surrounding him with what's going on with his brother and The Bachelor and whatnot. Um, Seems like Aaron Rodgers is a bit of a I don't want to call him black sheep of the family, but a little bit of an outcast. I don't know if he got cocky or the money got to him or what, but um, not a lot of great stuff going on there with him. Will it affect him in the football? Obviously, this has probably been going on for a while behind the scenes. You're just hearing about it now. You know, I'd be more concerned about Aaron Rodgers' age as he's uh, he's getting up there. He's had some injury history or issues over the last year. And you'll never know when they're going to hit a wall. I mean, just look what happened to Peyton Manning last season. So I'm talking about the Packers a lot. I'm going to keep them in second. This was a tough one. I consider them moving them back to division champs and winning the NFC North. I think I'm going to stick with the Packers in second, like I plotted them at last season. And um, I, I just think while I like the addition of Jared Cook, I don't know that they did too much else. It's hard to pinpoint if the draft picks are going to make much of a difference this year. I did like their draft. But again, how often do you see many players contributing the first year, you know, as rookies in professional football, especially at some of the positions that Green Bay drafted, you know, in in the trenches? They pay dividends, not flashy, though, and sometimes they're not quite ready when the season rolls around. So if Kenny Clark starts and performs well, same thing for Jason Spriggs. If he's protecting Aaron Rodgers, you know, maybe they've hit a home run. But will it give them an extra win or two? Tough to say. They were 10-6 and six last year, finished second in the NFC North. I think that's right about where I'll plot them this year, too. I think Green Bay is a 10. If things bounce the right way, maybe 11-win team. If Rodgers get hurt, you know, you're going to have some issues. <clears throat> a lot will be made about Eddie Lacy because last year he was supposed to be one of the best players, especially in the fantasy realm, and that just didn't come – that just didn't happen, I know, from owning him in one of the leagues that I'm in. So they have issues at running back, and it seems to be that way for Aaron Rodgers' entire time there. Now, obviously, they've won a Super Bowl, so some things managed to work out. But, you know, the the defense, they remind me a lot of the Colts um, from Peyton Manning's heyday in the late 2000s, where they seem to be a sieve at time, but they come up with big plays when needed. Unfortunately, they haven't come up with enough big plays, and they've really gotten run all over they've gotten thrown all over they can't seem to find consistency which is a shame because I think they have a pretty decent secondary but their line and linebackers over the last four or five season just haven't produced they just haven't been there Clay Matthews has gone from underrated to overrated in just a few seasons 
Uh, we've seen a couple of their draft picks bust. Uh, Nick Perry comes to mind. But, you know, when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you can't count him out. As long as he stays healthy, I think Green Bay is at least a 10-win team uh, and probably good for at least second in the NFC North, which leads us to the first place in the NFC North and the defending division champs, Minnesota Vikings. I have them getting there again this season. I think they're a, a strong team that's building for the future. I don't think they're quite there yet, but I think you know a 10-11 win season, maybe get the tiebreak over the Packers, is a very distinct possibility. I'm high on Teddy Bridgewater. I was when he was in the draft, and he just looked incredible last year. Hopefully in his third season now, he'll take a big step forward and start to really push Aaron Rodgers in terms of you know who's the best quarterback in the North. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm talking season to season here, not career. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater is one of those young guys to definitely keep an eye on. They added some offensive linemen to help protect him, um, and Andre Smith and Alex Boone. Not too many other free agency additions of note. Maybe um, Michael Griffin, the safety from Tennessee. Uh, Draft-wise, they added a playmaking wide receiver for Bridgewater to throw to in Laquan Treadwell, and also added one of my favorite players, a cornerback out of Clemson, Mackenzie Alexander. He was, a, I believe, a redshirt sophomore, so he left pretty early, but he at times was quite possibly the best defender in all of college football and playing at Clemson, a team that's been very strong these last few years and played in the national title game this past season. Alexander's definitely a guy that in a few seasons could be one incredible cornerback for the Vikings and in pro football. So I think... Uh, the, the Vikings offense, I think, is more balanced than the Packers. I give the Vikings an edge there, while Aaron Rodgers is clearly still the better quarterback. When you're talking about deep threats or balance, I, I give the edge to Minnesota. And then you go on the defense. While neither defense, I think, is outstanding, I still give a slight edge to the Vikings. I think they have a strong and developing secondary. Uh, defensive line kind of overshadows or hides some of the uh, deficiencies at linebacker that the Vikings suffer from. But, you know, when it, where it counts head-to-head, I think the Vikings are a better team than the Packers. So unless Aaron Rodgers has some incredible, phenomenal year and Adrian Peterson has age and health issues catch up to him, I think really, I really think the Vikings are the team to beat in the NFC North for the second straight year. So I nailed this one last, last year. I kind of went on a limb picking the Vikings. And I, and I won big. Now, this year, my big out-of-the-limb one pick was the Raiders, which Uncle Rich called me out on. But uh, I don't think picking the Vikings to win the division is really that big a surprise uh, in 2016 after they went 11-5 and and have a lot of young pieces. You know, they really didn't lose much in Mike Wallace and um, a safety that has done little in the NFL to, to this point. So, um, you know, they have great special teams, too. Uh, Blair Walsh is a great kicker. And... They've got returning speed at Cordero Patterson if he can get his head on straight and start to produce and be more consistent. Uh, but, you know, I just think uh, Minnesota is a strong team. Are they worthy of the Super Bowl nod, you know, be a favorite in the NFC? I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, it could be another year or so. But, you know, T Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is the real deal. I think Minnesota has a good one there. So recapping the NFC North, according to me, at the bottom, Detroit Lions, 5-11. and 11. Third place, Chicago Bears. I'll say, I'll give them one more. I'll say seven and nine. Green Bay Packers in second at ten and six, and Minnesota Vikings in first. As I'll say at eleven and five. 
I think they could, them and the Packers could tie, and it could come down to a tiebreaker. Um, but that's how I see the NFC North. So over in the AFC, the younger conference, but still possibly and probably the better conference, at least in my eyes. You know, you're talking Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. Starting at the bottom, it has to be the Browns. They were 3-13 and last year. They just seem to be a dumpster fire every year. I don't think this year is is any different. Until they prove us wrong, you know, you kind of have to go in that direction. They are trying to resurrect the career of Robert Griffin, and all signs point to him probably being named the starter. They got out of the Johnny Menzel drama and cast him off, but they also lost a ton. I mean, maybe this is a good thing too, but um, wide receivers Travis Benjamin and Brian Hartline. Benjamin was quite possibly their best player last season, and he's gone now. Um, They also lost offensive lineman Mitchell Schwartz and Alex Mack, both starters. And on defense, Randy Starks, Carlos Dansby, Tayshawn Gibson, Dante Whitner. You know, some pretty big names. Now, were they all playing up to the level they had, you know, three or five years ago? No, but there's obviously a huge roster overturn there. Um, they had a big draft, one that was pretty decent. Uh, court, wide receiver Corey Coleman, their first pick, has been lining up camp, has been easily the best player on their on the field. And they also got defensive lineman Emmanuel Ogba and Penn Stater, uh, Carl Nassib. They brought in project at quarterback USC's Cody Kessler and and many more. They had a huge draft, but a lot of those picks really strong. You know, hopefully they contributed for them. I hope they take Cleveland to the next level. They went three and thirteen last year. I just don't know if uh, they're going to be able to improve much over that. Um, they're just a mess. <clears throat> And they have to prove it on the field. They have to be. They have to show up. I just, I just don't know that they're going to, uh, unless you know, unless Kessler shoots out of nowhere and becomes an incredible starter, or Robert Griffin can turn the clock back to what 2012. You know what? Do, what do they have? There's nothing really to strike fear in anyone. Yeah, okay, Josh Gordon may be back, but who who really cares if you don't have someone to get in the ball, or you don't have a defense to stop the other team? Not much is going to happen. So, I mean, I like Hugh Jackson. I want him to succeed. He was given a raw deal in Oakland, but he doesn't have a lot of opportunities to succeed in Cleveland. Will he? I don't know. But I just I don't see it in the cards. They were 3-13 last year. Honestly, I think Cleveland could be the worst team in the league, and I probably will say they duplicate that 3-13 mark in 2016. Now it gets interesting. The Ravens, down year last year, 5-11. and Their quarterback, Joe Flacco, coming off a significant injury. Is he going to be fully healthy and ready to go? All signs point to yes, but honestly, despite that Super Bowl win a few years back, I just, I'm not a Flacco fan. If you've listened to this show at all over the last five and a half years, you know that. Uh, Neither really is Justin. I just don't think he's been that great. I mean, he had an incredible playoff run, and I'll give you that. I'll give him that. He played well in the Super Bowl, but... He just doesn't impress me. He's just not a guy that I think is as great as a lot of people think he is. He's obviously better than what else they have, but you know, is he starting to come to the end of, of his of of his line? We'll talk about we talked about Matt Ryan too a few few episodes ago. I think Flacco could be in the same boat. Now they added a couple guys around him, veterans in Wallace and Watson to help offensively. They also brought in um secondary defenders. Gerard Powers and Eric Weddle. Weddle's a big one there. That's the typical Ozzie Newsome move to bring in um, a great defender like that, someone that's going to be a leader and step up. I think it's a great pickup. 
Also drafting Ronnie Stanley in the first round for some protection for the recovering Flacco. Always great. And I'm sure that there were a couple of gems in the draft that we are not talking about now, but we'll be talking about later. They didn't lose too much. Eugene Monroe retired. Um, and they, they did lose another starting offensive lineman, Kaliki Asamili. Um, but defensively, not no many, not too many huge losses. I just, it's a quarterback-driven league. I know a lot of ESPN talking heads like to say that you know if you have the quarterback, you have it all. I'm not sold on the quarterback, so I'm not sold on this team. However, do I think they're as bad as five and eleven? Absolutely not. I think they, you know, the ball didn't bounce their way a couple times last year, and then Flacco's injury. Despite me not liking him, he's obviously you know, better than the backups or he wouldn't be starting. I think they're probably a 500 team. I think they improved by three wins. Who that, who's that going to happen against? I can't say, but five and 11, I think that's a little bit out there. And I think they're better than that. If the Browns are a two, three, four win team, I think the Ravens are a seven, eight, nine win team, but I think that's only good enough for third place in the AFC North. I think they're going to be just behind the Cincinnati Bengals, who last year went 12-4 and and won the AFC North. But I think they're going to drop back a little bit, you know, a little bit down to earth. I think 12-4 and is a little bit over an overachievement for them. And we saw them kind of fall apart in the playoffs against, you know, the rival Steelers. So that one hurts. I'm sure they're going to be out for blood and, and revenge and all that stuff, quite possibly literally, knowing some of their players. But... I think when it comes down to it, the talent, I think Cincinnati overachieves. I think there's a team that we're going to talk about shortly that's incredibly stacked and poised for a great season in 2016. So the Bengals 12 and 4 in 2015. This season, I see them going probably 10 and 6, maybe 11 and 5. You know, Andy Dalton had himself a great season. They still have AJ Green, they have a couple running backs. That, you know, while they don't strike fear in anyone, obviously can produce if they can keep their head on straight. Defensively, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. They added Dansby, who I just mentioned, the Browns let go. He's been in the league a long time. He adds a, a nice present for the Bengals on defense. Um, they lost two receivers, though, Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu. They did bring in Brandon LaFell, who was in Carolina and then New England for a few seasons. So um, a bit of an offset there. They did lose other defenders, though, in um, two secondary guys, Leon Hill, Leon Hall and Reggie Nelson, and also linebacker A.J. Hawk. So a little bit of, of some shuffling there, some new guys. Don't think it's a huge deal. I just don't think the Bengals can perform at the same level in 2016 as they did last season. I think they're a very strong team. I think they're going to push for the division title. I just don't think they're going to get there. Obviously. The coaching has been strong there. It'll be interesting to see if they drop back like I expect them to, to 10 wins if people will start calling uh, for a change there. It's it's tough to say. But uh, the defensive line in Cincinnati is one place that they definitely um, are strong, were strong in the past but have fallen off a little bit here now. Um, I think sometimes now a couple of the linebackers departed like AJ Hawk, but I think uh, Ray Maloga was a little bit of overrated. And, uh, you know, we've seen what Vontae's perfect can do when he's healthy and when he's not being an idiot. Uh, will that 
will that rear its ugly head again this season like it did last year? Who knows? But the Bengals like to accumulate secondary parts. They drafted William Jackson in the first round. They also have Drake Kirkpatrick and Dequiz Denard over the last few drafts. They just let Leon Hong go, who is a first-round corner. So they have the guys, the pieces, the bodies, at least on paper, to shut down some of these better passing teams. Something's just telling me that they're not going to be able to get it done when they need to this year, and I think it's going to happen earlier in the regular season than in the playoffs if they make the playoffs. They're obviously, at least I think, are going to challenge for a wild card spot. Uh, no guarantees there, but I, I think they're second place in the AFC North this season, coming in at I'll say ten and six, so two wins less than last year. So that leaves the Pittsburgh Steelers as the team coming out on top. I think last year. I believe I heard that neither Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, or Antonio Brown, I don't know if it was ever played a game together all season or if it was like back-to-back games. I, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember correctly. And I could be way off on that. I may have misheard. So don't quote me on that. But I just think if Bell doesn't get suspended or suspended for that long, I just think the Steelers have too much talent to – to not make progress over last season. Hey, and maybe, you know, maybe this is me speaking out of both sides of my mouth or being hypocritical because Roethlisberger's getting up there. I said that about Aaron Rodgers. I've mentioned some of the team's deficiencies offensive line, and the Steelers have struggled with that in the past. It never seems like Pouncey can stay healthy. They seem to have a rotation at tackle. You know, they lost um, Kelvin Beecham in the offseason, uh, not to mention a bunch on defense. Um, they did bring in some tight ends with Heat Miller's retirement. They brought in Ladarius Green, an underutilized and underrated player from the Chargers. Um, they did add Ryan Harris, I believe former Broncos offensive tackle, and they drafted a couple secondary guys in Artie Burns and Sean Davis who should compete to start in a weak Steelers secondary, which that's really been their Achilles heel, and I feel like they just refuse to recognize it. Uh, hopefully some of their younger guys will step up. The The offensive line has gotten better, um, especially with David DeCastro um, being healthy over the last few seasons. If Pouncey and DeCastro can stay healthy, they have enough, I think, to open holes for Bell, protect Roethlisberger, and I think that offense can just be absolutely incredible. Um, Antonio Brown, arguably the best wide receiver in the league last year, poised to be the same this year as long as he can stay healthy and avoid Vontaze perfect. If Roethlisberger plays like he has in the past, he's one of the best in the AFC. Um, I think, you know, it's crazy to talk about this steel curtain being weak defensively, but that's where I think they have issues. Um, like I said, I, secondary has always been a sore spot. Um, their defensive line has not lived up to, you know, expectations the last few years, and the linebackers have really regressed. Um, you know, well, I mean, look what happened. They they cut bait on Lamar Woodley, and he's done nothing since. But it's just crazy to see how the team has had issues finding those linebackers. You know, um, they need to extend Lawrence Timmons if they show choose, but I don't know if they should. James Harrison was one of their better players last year, and he's approaching forty. Uh, he's still he is still back. Um, they have some young guys along the defensive line, but no one I think uh, that has really stepped up. Uh, Cameron Hayward and Stephon Tewitt are great 3-4 defensive ends. Uh, they have some issues at nose tackle, finding someone to be that everyday go-to player. Maybe um, rookie Hargraves will be that guy. They let McClendon go. Um, McCullers was a, was, a, was a draft pick a few years ago. Uh, someone will need to step up in the middle. 
back to the linebackers, a couple recent busts in Jarvis Jones and, and Bud Dupree. You know, it's a little bit early on Dupree still, but one of them has to start to produce or the Steelers are going to be out a draft pick and a lot of talent. It's just crazy to talk about the Steelers not having enough on defense and for their offense just to be overwhelmed with talent, but um, that's what it is. They say that they're going to go for two a lot more this year, and while you know statistically and some football philosophies say that's the better way to go than to rely on extra points, which used to be a gimme but aren't so much now, the Steelers do struggle in the kicking game, both punting and um, field goals, as well as kickoffs. Um you know, they have some great returners, but because of health reasons, you don't want to use them in a return game, though they still use Antonio Brown. That might change this year. Um, so let's see if uh, Chris Boswell can duplicate his success as a place kicker. Uh, they The Steelers struggled so much at the beginning of the season trying to find a consistent guy until they landed on him. If he can duplicate his success from, you know, the middle and end of 2015, then maybe the uh, special teams will, you know, be better rated and come out on top and help them win some games. Uh, the Steelers looked really, really strong for a lot of the time last season. If they are healthy throughout, always a big if. I really think the Steelers are one of the class teams in the AFC for 2016, and I think they're going to go 11 and five, maybe even 12 and four, and win that division, take it back from the Cincinnati Bengals. So to recap, the AFC North, last place and quite possibly the worst team in the NFL to me, Cleveland Browns, probably 3-13 and 13 again. Next, I'd go Baltimore Ravens. I think they're better. I think they're a 7-8-9 win team, but I'm just not sold on Joe Flacco or the most of the roster there of being anything more than average. Next, I have the Bengals dropping from first to second. And I think they drop about two wins, go from 12 and 4 to 10 and 6 in 2016. And then on top in the AFC North in 2016 is the Pittsburgh Steelers at 11 and 5 or 12 and 4. And they're going to be a team putting up numbers. If you uh, have a fantasy draft coming up, Roethlisberger, Brown, Bell, if he's not going to be suspended, are, you know, easy three picks right there are some of the best at each of their respective positions. So. Like I had said at the top of the show, um, JRAF not able to make it. And we won't be on with the Joe Mays and JRAF show for about a month, actually. I think the next time we're on is Sunday, September 4th. We will be doing the AFC East and also our wild card playoff Super Bowl picks. So a lot of interesting uh, stuff coming up over the next month. Justin and I will be working on the Bulldog Hour. We'll be having our fantasy draft. So there's a lot going on. Joe Mays and JRF Show will be back with episode 213 on Sunday, September 4th. There's always a great amount of... Uh, there's a great time to contact us uh, over the next month via, via email. JoeMaysandJRF at gmail.com For all kinds of information, you can go to jmnjrradio.com. You can hear... Or watch all of our shows there. You can contact us. There's even a way to leave a voicemail. So do that. And I think that's pretty much it. I think the last thing I wanted to say was I just wanted to dedicate this episode of the show to 
my grandmother, Ethel Mays, who passed away this past Tuesday. We had a, a wonderful memorial service Friday and uh, the burial on Saturday with my large family. It was wonderful uh, seeing everyone and uh, celebrating her life. And she was almost 96, so uh, she she did live a long, great, great life. But while we were cleaning up some of her stuff, we stumbled upon the Joe Mays and JRF show card that I have right here. She had in her apartment and, uh, and had it sitting there by her TV. Uh, so I just... I just wanted to uh, dedicate this show in her memory and uh, let her know that we love her and we miss her. And uh, thanks for being so supportive over the years. So I think that's everything. So this wraps up episode 212 of the Joe Mays and JRF show. Hopefully Justin and I will be back in a month, episode 213, to talk and conclude our 2016 NFL preview. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and JRF show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Ustream or Mixler and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter. And stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRaff.com. The Joe Mays and JRaff Show is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. For more info, visit JMNJRRadio.com.